Welcome to Full Metal RPG, the podcast that doesn't just stick to the surface level of tabletop role-playing games. We go where the podcast fear to tread and tackle the serious subjects along the way and maybe have some fun. I'm Richie Buzzkill, and tonight we got some old fucking... Uh, <laughs> an old man, old like man, an old man, old man balls, old man Brendan Carrion here, oh. the 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 patrofamilias of this uh, podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, that's uh, dude, uh, a high five on uh, the Latin, the Latin drop. Yeah, well, I mean, we're pretty fucking nice. We're 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 nerding up today. Yeah, um, it's been uh, I think what like not quite two years. Not so, quite. Not quite. Not two quite. Years. But close to. Just kept sitting by the mailbox waiting for my invitation to come on and just well, like, didn't come on. Then finally, I think this last week, you and I were role playing on, and you were like, oh, I don't know what to do with a fucking full mail RPG. I was like, I'll just be on. Just just do it. Well, I mean, I feel like after somebody gets burnt out that you should like let them kind of. Re- it, it's sort of like when that person's like, oh, my God, life is just killing me at 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 the role-playing game that I was like, I need to stop. You know, it's like, you don't yeah. be like, Hey dude, like two weeks later, Hey dude, can <laughs> hey, you just dude. like come back on? Hey dude, could you, uh, could you just DM a quick game for us? <laughs> yeah. Could you just like go ahead and plot like a 30 episode campaign for me, please? <laughs> I mean, you could. Yeah. So could. it's always worked well for me. <laughs> I mean, eventually, but like, you know, but you seem to have your, uh, RPG groove back. Yeah. Yeah. I've been playing RPGs again lately. Um, and I think, the thing is, is after uh, we did that last episode, or I did that last episode of Full Metal RPG, it wasn't like I quit RPGing. I actually kind of RPGed like a lot more. I we were you and I were playing Ravenloft, did you may recall? Oh yeah, and um, with Ben Heiligman and uh, some other people, and uh, that was a great game. I had a lot of fun at that game, and then um, you know RPG stuff happened at it. Well, yeah. it was more of the the people part, and not the uh, right, not the. Uh, well, I mean, or, that's what, that's what know. I mean. That was. <laughs> you know? I mean, so yeah, we had that Ravenloft game. It was fifth edition, right? Which yeah, because we we kept threatening DCC, and did we ever? Well, get... no, no. You see, okay, so after we uh, broke on Ravenloft, um, and we were kind of talking about reorienting a little bit, I was like, oh, I want to do DCC, and then I got COVID. And then I got COVID and I was just like out. I just vanished for like two, three weeks. And the thing about COVID that like no one ever like really covers on the news is that how, what a huge just disruption it is to your life. It's like, cause you really can't do anything for that time. And then when you come back, it's not just like you just pick up your life and you start doing stuff again. It's like you're behind two to three weeks on everything. Yeah. And so I was just trying to run and catch up and, 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 uh, all things being equal, equal cards on the table, I let the ball drop on DCC, and I just kind of got lost in other things. We'll, we'll get back around to it, I think. Yeah, someday. It's, it's just one of those games that we, you know, we always talk about. I recently did one of those role playing purges where I like just got rid of like a shit ton of books and stuff like that, and um, I kept the DCC and I kept I kept my uh, hubris campaign setting uh, by Mike Evans because I really like it. I think it's great. I totally would run it. Totally would play in it. Well, that's that's the fun of that that book is like you can even if you had purged it, like it's not hard to get. You know, it's like it's been pr- reprinted how many yeah. dozen times now. So yeah. like um, the hubris thing might have been difficult to get, but uh, I think that I think he just does that uh, pod. Oh, okay. I think, well, can, I think I think uh, when you get it, it's like I, I I don't know if he orders them from Lulu and then sends them to somewhere, or if you can just order one from Lulu. I I literally can't even remember how I got the book, but. Uh, Back in the day when I was like first getting all like hot and bothered for OSR stuff, you just went on Lulu and got it. Yeah, I think that that's a smart move, and I kind of miss some of that. Like, I feel like the limited edition of like a lot of these books of like, oh, you have to, you have to be at the right Kickstarter yeah. moment to get this book. It's like, it's a role playing book, dudes. Like, just put it on print on demand once you've like made your press copy. Well, I mean, okay, so sure. But for the limited edition, like hardcovers with the gold embossing and blah, 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 all this shit, you know, um, 
I, I, I think it's a neat economic model that the OSR chaps have figured out to have this kind of splash release that everybody covets and wants, uh, but, the, but then you can't get later. And as long as the material is available in another form. Yeah, that, that's the real, like, as long as I can still get a print version, even if it's not the 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 special foily cover with the holograms right. and the and Wolverine like sticking his fist out of the cover, <laughs> Cr- chromium yeah uh, the, chromium the, issue zero oh, oh my god the chromium <laughs> covers from the nineties like I I think I had I had uh, was a Gen X it with the chromium cover oh yeah I had that yeah, yeah Gen- Generation X oh man we were so, <laughs> with I was the chromium so into cover. that like buying the dumb covers oh, in the nineties like remember the all the shitty uh, Valiant Issue zeros oh, with were, a Ninja st- Jack and Man of War stored in the corner to heat the game store when the <laughs> when the furnace ran out. Like just the the number of Valiant role playing books that were just burned to uh, comic books that were just burned. <laughs> I heard that they uh, relaunched Bloodshot recently and that it was like pretty decent or something. I don't know. Didn't they do know. a Bloodshot movie or were they were going to do a Bloodshot? Oh no, you're right. They totally did. I think it kind of got eaten by COVID. And I think it had like Vin Diesel in it or something. I think uh, it was Vin oh, Diesel. That's, that's right. He yeah. was playing. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those. It's one of those weird relics that got lost in the COVID nightmare. Is Vin Diesel as Bloodshot, which which sitting here right now recording with you that almost sounds like something from an episode of fringe or something right where yes. like where like they go to an altered dimension and vin diesel's in like a, a marvel movie style bloodshot movie yeah <laughs> and it totally sucks well it was just it was sort of like the um uh you know whatever la- uh zombie movie that had the batman versus superman logo in it uh i am legend or whatever had the batman versus superman thing like a decade 15 years before they did the movie. Oh, seriously? Yeah, yeah. Is that it, real? Yeah, it had... Oh, that's it, fucking weird. It had it in there. It sort of feels like that same sort of thing, like, just be, like, a random-ass poster in some, like, burnout zombie uh, movie theater. You I know? love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, uh, pop culture is a snake that's eating its own tail, and uh, there's no new ideas, and it's all garbage, and uh, and we're on Full Metal RPG still, founded founded almost 10 years ago uh, yeah i so. mean we're 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 all get coming up on that and uh you know it's uh it's been an interesting road down the down the spiral as i i ride it after you uh branched off but uh we'll yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 but uh you know that you were you were also doing spe- speaking of interesting downward spirals we're playing delta <laughs> green <laughs> Yeah, that's been fun. That's been really fun. That's kind of um, subsequent to Ravenloft. That's been kind of like the reboot of of me role playing on the reg, and uh, uh, I just really wanted to do like face to face weekly role playing again. And so we've been playing Delta Green. I chose that of all things, and that's that's been an interesting kind of. Um, experiment huh like getting back to the weekly thing yeah i think like it, it's great to be on the weekly as much as we are because yeah. we've been pretty consistent no, not it's, de- it's not, definitely weekly asterisks yeah you know yeah. but that's fine as long as it doesn't get below like two weeks a month i think you're you're still weekly <laughs> like right. um right but like it was it's 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 and we have a good collection of friends for this one and mostly uh Except for Heiligman, I think Heiligman was never on an episode, right? No, he actually corrected me because because uh, I was hanging out with him. We were talking, and he's like, "No, I actually was on an episode." He was. In, I love how everybody's forgotten it. It's an episode where he was talking to to us about his niece who had gotten into D and D by playing or uh, by watching Stranger Things. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's... he was on one episode. All right. So everybody is playing has been on the show. Yeah. So. At it's, least once. It's been, you know, a decade plus since I've listened to the Heilig episode, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but uh, we got Michael Colette. Yeah. And we got uh, Adam Sink. Adam Sink. All of us, you know, boy band power group uh, yeah. uh, role players. Yeah, there's um, definitely some pretty strong boy band energy in that group. Uh, yeah, for reals. I mean... <laughs> 
in 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 a very washed up kind of uh, e true Hollywood story way for we're, sure we're, definitely we're having the reunion tour yeah yeah we're having the yeah, reunion tour in the forties. You know, Colette's the bad boy. Oh, why is Colette the bad boy? Because huh? <laughs> he's the quiet one that smolders in the corner. And then uh, Sink is the troubled one. And Isn't then, that also the bad boy? No, there's two different oh, the, ones. There's, oh, there's... Right, right, right. There, I get like it. The, yeah. the troubled the one. The dark one. It's got to be have all the tropes, right? you got to have all right. the tropes in your ba- a boy band, right? Right. And then, you know, you've got the nerd with my glasses over here. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then, like... Uh, Heiligman is like the the regular dude. He's he's the accessible one. Yeah, he's the accessible one. He's like the he, I think he's like as as is definitely in our group. He's like the most like normal, like well balanced person. He's not. He doesn't seem to have been like damaged by life. Really, he seems resilient and everything. Yeah, and then. I mean, you have we you have the leader. And the, and you have the leader. You have oh, Brendan Carey, and you have the oh, leader. I'm so, the leader. Yeah. So. All right. Um, I'm Cyclops. But, is what you're saying. No, the worst character. <laughs> well, I mean, that's no, that's great. No, no, you said it, Richard. It's fine. Cyclops has some pathos. Some people enjoy they, it. They keep uh, trying to do something with him. It's only been so like what sixty years they've been writing that character, and they they keep trying to figure that guy out. Yeah, keep trying. Maybe, to, maybe this time will be the time. Kind of trying to make him happen, right? <laughs> but I do, I just I've been enjoying the game a whole lot. Like I I really like that we're kind of we're very mundane. There's no butt kickers. Like we're very like we're just kind of like almost the uh, corporate kind of like not corporate but like. We're the people that have been hired by the government <laughs> yeah. on the side to do work for them, right. basically, like right. contract. It's an interesting. It's an interesting kind of. Um, it's an interesting kind of vibe because, like, no one's playing like fucking Navy SEALs or or like molders or anything. Everybody's just like some guy who got like really everybody's playing almost like CIs from uh from uh the shield or something. They all everybody's just gotten pressed into service and then they have to do this dumb shit for the government. And and obviously Delta Green was not actually written to be played that way, but I actually find it to be so much more satisfying. Like it's it's the, the characters being just so incredibly out of their depth uh I think feels super awesome yeah that's just me it it definitely feels super awesome and i like i like the fact that we're i mean like my character is probably the closest to the Mulder character because he's been doing it for a while and but and he's trying not to be the like just do the evil thing (laughs) like Mm. you know he's trying to still be a good guy but knows that you know there's probably not you know like he didn't because we had a character that kind of went insane but didn't really go insane. Right. Like, it's interesting. There isn't, there, there's a degeneration mechanic in Delta Green, and then the players aren't really using it. <laughs> like, people are kind of like choosing to like role play their own insanity, which is cool. I like that. Yeah. I like that. It's, it's really refreshing compared to like decades ago when people when I used to be like, okay, so you're not really role playing humanity too. And they're like, oh, well, I think if you look at it a certain way, uh, actually. Uh, what what does humanity two really mean? <laughs> so, uh, all right, okay. It, it okay. means you're a psychopath. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it means you can't just walk around just being normal. You have to be fucking weird all the time, okay? And uh, I, I don't know. I guess that's just old guy or old guys role playing. We're just not interested in the same shit that we were interested in before. I kind of thought when I was when I pitched Delta Green to you guys that every, I'd have like three people who were like, I want to be the NSA assassin. And I'd have to be like, okay, well, only, we can only have one NSA assassin. But that's just me. I just, I, I feel like when I go to role play and I don't go to start a group or pitch a game that I access some part of my brain that was like written when I was like 25 and that it just, for some, I never have overwritten that data, even though it's like way out of date. <laughs> it's like, it's like a super old OS, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, like. Delta Green, and I think Call of Cthulhu and any of the Cthulhu mythos stuff that isn't like Cthulhu tech, isn't to me has never been like the power fantasy, right? The and I know that Delta Green kind of is 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 known as this like oh we're like 
Guns Against the Dark or whatever, like a little bit of with the especially Follow Delta Green, where it's like the the Vietnam era uh, soldiers versus the mythos. But I always just feel like it's we're middle aged and we don't need to. We have all the power. Like what? What more do we? <laughs> what more do we need? <laughs> Honestly, like so. Yeah, I, I I don't think Delta Green the books have done them any service by like putting because because when they dropped the new edition they had this book you could get it was like a prepackaged adventure called A Night of the Opera and it had a dude on the front wearing night vision goggles right. and so when you see the night vision goggles you immediately start thinking of like clandestine operators like in third world countries with machine guns and shit right. And the game does not have a Jason Bourne kind of feel to it. And I don't think it's supposed to have a Jason Bourne kind of feel to it. Um, and I honestly don't think they've actually, that that game has really even been written yet, which is kind of like James Bond versus Cthulhu. I guess somebody could write it. I'm sure it's on somebody's hard drive so, yeah, somewhere. Yeah, somewhere it exists where it's just like, it's like a John Woo shit and you're like jumping through windows with two guns shooting a fucking Mego or whatever. But Delta Green is not that. Delta Green is way more kind of like a, um, like a Jean Le Carré novel where it's just like very, it's like, it's like espionage and kind of mind fuckery and it's very slow burn. Um, I feel like maybe, I don't know, like with our group, I feel like maybe, cause we're playing on the couch. Like I got three people sitting on the couch one people, one person sitting on a chair and I feel like maybe we're too comfy like, maybe we need to get around a table. I feel like I, I want kind of... Maybe my delivery doesn't have enough energy in it when I'm, when we're playing the game. Like, But I kind of want there to be a little bit more tension. I feel like in the first couple sessions, we had a lot more tension than we have had recently. And the, the second story arc was just a tension-free story arc because it because it fucking i i, I just did not like it. It, we, we played a pre-packaged adventure it's called the last equation i'm sure it could be good in the right hands it was not good when we ran it well it, it, the i think the real issue with that adventure was and it it warns you up front about the danger like and and, yeah. and like because because that, <laughs> that's the problem is like it, we my friends what they call it is pet the puppy it is is that's what it's, it's the, the trope they call it which is oh there's something dark here i'm gonna go ahead and and throw myself on top of it and and pet the puppy and like right. do the thing sure but i see the, where you're going but the problem is like you have to kind of i feel like that venture that's the real problem is it should have been tempting you with power and not telling you what the danger was yeah that's yeah so okay Spoilers, if you were going to like fucking play the last equation and you don't want to hear this, then skip ahead a little bit. So the villain in the last equation is a number, okay? And this sounds totally stupid, but it's kind of a cool Cthulhu idea. And I can see why someone who is like working on writing a Cthulhu module would think, oh, you know, what's, what we need is to have a really... Uh, it's not a monster, it's a number. And the idea of the number fucks up your brain and then kills you, right? But in order to have that adventure be a... To order to, to drive the story, the players have to know that the number itself is dangerous, right? And if they know it's dangerous and they aren't just trying to fuck up your story and derail everything, then they take pains to not interact with it. And if they're not interacting with it, then the the trigger mechanism that makes all the horror shit happen never happens. And, it's just, and, then, and then you just get this uh this this game that feels like a like kind of like oh all right I mean we got it yeah I mean like being competent is sort of what our characters are for for the most part when it comes to like not being not the mythos but so much as like the like day-to-day shit because we've we've done the we've done enough investigations as players that we kind of know like okay we got to hit this this thing this thing this thing and this thing and we've got to make sure that nobody Mm -hmm. knows about this thing so if you're into procedurals like it didn't really work but I, i i feel like if the government didn't understand what it did 
and just said, hey, we know that there's something weird that's happened here. We need you to go deal with this. Right. And also not check to see if the characters, because it's all based on whether you have skill in computers and mathematics. Yeah, and you have to have specific ones. If you don't have the specific ones, the number won't fry your brain. Right. So, like, immediately the first page of the module goes like, oh, well, if the characters have certain skills, then the handler tells them they're not on the case and you can have them play an NPC or something. And I'm just like, well, okay. So I just chose to skip that. And I was like, the handler tells you to not look at the number. <laughs> I was like, okay. okay, Right. Well, I, I think that was, I, I think there was a little bit of tension for my character is that if I accidentally, uh, accidentally stumbled into it, right? Right. That, that would have been... But, but there's no way to do that unless you're like... Yeah, because, because then it becomes one of those questions of GM agency where it's like, oh, well, as, as the GM, am I going to force you to look at the number? Am I going to force you to do the thing that you don't want to do and that you're trying not to do? And then I'm going to make you make, make you roll dice. And if you roll dice and the numbers randomly come up bad for you, now it's fuckeryville. And and on some level, because your character is going insane, you're losing agency, and all these things are starting to happen. And that's not great for you. No. You know, that's me basically like shoving the plot of the game down your throat. I, I think that you have a strong case that if they had made it more of a slow burn where they're like, oh, there's some weird shit going on at this lab and we don't really know, so send some fucking molders down there to fucking fix it. And then you guys had to go in there and then figure out that the root problem is that there's this evil number that's fucking up people's brains. That could have been more rewarding. Or and what it would have required is is that the number is not so caustic because the way that it functioned in game is that like you read the number and then within like three days you're like fucking blowing people away with guns right oh yeah that yeah. would have been that would have been bad yeah yeah it was it was it was a very sharp downward spiral and I think it's because the module itself is like nine pages long or something anyway or if the number is going to be as virulent as it was, then you have to have some kind of cult or something that worships it and is spending all their time trying to get it in front of people's faces, kind of like the have you read Sutter Kane thing. You know what right. I'm saying? Well, I, I think you, if they if they hadn't killed the killed the guy that discovered it, rediscovered it, like right away. Yeah. And like put him as like somebody you're trying to catch mm -hmm. and have, you know, that that's a whole different, like that makes tension happen right there right right so like and then he's like tr not just randomly gunning people down like he's trying to do something you know like show the people the number but also like oh then he finds out about you and then he's like oh clearly you need to know about the number because you understand about the world right it's like i mean there's yeah there's a, i think that we both have the same idea here which yeah. is that you have to be able to have something to interact with. That's the whole point of a role-playing game. Yeah. You can't have a fucking, a fucking MacGuffin or a nemesis that is literally unreactable. And the, the, the plot of the book is going to be not engaging with the subject matter. I mean, that's actually happened in other role-playing games that we've run, and we always complain about it, where the where the play the player can see the danger coming, and so they make their character do something to not be involved. Like, oh, I'm not I'm not gonna go into the dungeon. Right. I give up adventuring. <laughs> I'm gonna become a shopkeep, and then you're like, cool. Well, that's great. Uh, character. Yeah. And then you're gonna go into the thing. Exactly. Like, you're supposed to buy into like. You're supposed to buy into whatever's going on, but when you're told explicitly don't, up front, don't do it. Do do not do this. Yeah, and and I mean, I there was some there was a weird thing that happened to my character, but with but it was it was added right. You, right, you I, add, I put that in as a connector to the next plot. Right, so. And, yeah. and your yeah uh, arc dream writers <laughs> step your game up Gareth writer Hanrahan oh, he, dude he, he doesn't he doesn't work for arc dream oh he doesn't work oh okay no, he's Pelgrane Pelgrane sorry he's Pelgrane dude that guy's a oh that's fall of Delta Green right yeah that's fall of Delta Green yeah that's that may be a branding problem <laughs> I'm just <laughs> did, did you know that that's a branding problem that they created no like I I 
didn't understand this because because I remember okay so Fall of Delta Green and Delta Green, which people still confuse to this day. They've both been they've both been featured on this show, Full Metal RPG. I've talked about both of them on this show, right? And people, I talked to my friends in the UK, and they still don't know the difference between the two games, right? Uh, they both came out in the same year, and they 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 released them both at Gen Con in the same year. And I remember I went up to I was talking to Robin Laws about them. And I was talking to the Arc Dream guys because this was the Arc Dream. This was Arc Dream's big attempt to kind of get back in the game with a big game, right? And I think, it, I think honestly, I think it's actually going pretty well for them, but that's a different story. So, one somebody had told me that the the game had been co-created by two developers, and that they were kind of like one of those bands that splits up, and they both still release albums. They were sharing the catalog, and. I was like, oh, okay, I just internalized that. But I did some research on it recently because that just never sat right with me. I kind of I thought that maybe Ken Height had had something to do with it. Anyway, the, the game was developed, I guess, by Dennis Detweiler. And when they were getting ready to release the book, they actually approached Pelgrane and were like, oh, we really like the gumshoe system. And we're getting Delta Green back out there. And we want people to have a gumshoe version of Delta Green so that they can use your great system. What would it be? What would you do with that? And I guess Ken Hyatt, because he's he's smart. He's a smart guy. He does weird games. I like him. He's like, oh, let's 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 fuck around with the origin story, the stuff that went down in the seventies and the Vietnam and stuff. And they're like, cool, run with it. And it's like, that's great <laughs> from a creative standpoint. <laughs> yeah, Fall of Delta Green. I love Fall of Delta Green. Like, I really enjoy playing it the couple times I get to play it. And I like Delta Green. It's just one of those things. It's like, like I've done this half this podcast. It's like, I'm it's flipping. super confusing. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. what? Why can't we? But th- so they named it specifically to tie in, but they didn't right do enough differentiation to like right. It's not like there's the Arc Dream logo on the Fall of the Green book, and then it's not like there's a section about it in the Arc Dream books. They don't they don't refer to each other. But what's 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 interesting is is that is that Fall of Delta Green kind of covers a series of events that are in the Arc Dream main book where the um where the conspiracy kind of goes off the rails right it's it's like playing through the clone wars or some shit yeah but for this very niche role playing game like <laughs> even 10 people have played well, yeah i feel like they yeah it just na- i think the naming is the real issue but like we could you know but anyway i i think that it's a fine game and it's 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 a it's in some ways i enjoy it more than Call of Cthulhu. Delta Green? Yes. Because in Call of Cthulhu, you're civilians, most of the time, you're civilians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's hard to have a motivating factor for the civilians unless you're like like constantly mm-hmm. pulling the mine cart out mm-hmm. and like, let's keep going on the mine cart mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to like have this boulder behind you that's mm-hmm. the, the, the... Where in Delta Green... It's just sort of the same thing of like in most of my preferred Cthulhu stuff where it's like, oh, yeah, no, everyone's screwed. But you're just trying to eke your way to prevent, you know, just like deal with whatever you're dealing with. Like Call of Cthulhu, you're screwed, but there is this little more of the classic like characters trying to save the day thing is still kind of built into it. Right. And I don't, at least, that's not the way we play Delta Green. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, so I, I, per, I think I prefer Delta Green over Call of Cthulhu. I'm just kidding. You know, I would go ahead and second that. I've been actually thinking about this myself, and I like the conceit that Delta Green gives you at the front end. I prefer it to the conceit of Call of Cthulhu, which is like, so when you're playing Call of Cthulhu, you're like, oh, I'm just some regular schlep. And then I see a, a monster gibbering in the swamp. And then I am I feel kind of nuts. 
Uh, so I got to do something about it, right? But the rest of the world is resistant to my view of how reality is, and I'm constantly struggling against normies that don't, that aren't on my level, right? In in order to protect them right. from this thing that is an objective truth, I guess, right? Delta Green kind of flips that by bringing the characters behind this curtain where the government's like, oh yeah, uh, it's definitely an observable fact that like everything's fucked up. And we can't really do anything about it, but we're going to try. And you definitely shouldn't talk to anyone about it. It's definitely a secret that is now a burden that you have to carry around. And on top of that, because the people who are trying to do something about this are like members of the intelligence community who are like naturally deceptive and known to have committed like election fraud and psi, psi, psi war ops all across the planet for decades. War crimes are us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, it's like, like we are spending our time peddling a false reality also. And so which f- reality is it that your character buys into? Do you buy into the false reality that the agency is telling you about? Do you buy into the reality that you experience when you go to the store and buy milk and bread and go home and watch TV? Or do you buy into the reality that like the, the king in yellow is trying to tell you? And all of those narratives are in competition with one another. And to me, that's a very saucy mix. Because it really influences the character's motivations. Right. And and that I feel like that mingling of those realities, and you, I know that's what you're playing with when we're yeah. playing, yeah. is kind of, it makes a sense of the world more, because that's what we live with every day. Yeah. We live with that, those same, like, you turn on one news station and it's telling you one thing, and you turn on another news station, and they're fighting over another reality. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. you go on the internet, and you go on a bunch of YouTube channels, and they're fighting over six other realities. Right. So, like, you could literally be the only guy that is on the internet that's talking about whatever the true reality is. Right. But you're just competing with all these other realities. Dude, for real. Like, like uh, your character encounters someone who's all like, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Haster has told me that the realms of Carcosa are opening and we're all going to go live there and we're all going to be part of a, like a, we're all going to put the government in a concentration camp because they won't help us or whatever. And that's just another dude on YouTube. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's just that's just one of the voices in just this sea of weird voices, none of which can agree about things that even just a few years ago we just took for granted that we could agree about. You know? Yeah. And- Thanks, Jenny McCarthy, you fucking bitch. Nice work. Nice work. You ruined America with your fucking with your fucking bullshit. Jesus. Vaccination bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in Call of Cthulhu, there's like it is there is the ba- two realities fighting each other, but it it doesn't feel like you really have to keep you know like people are just going to get their brains eaten, so like you can either tell them or not. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, and I think I think in Call of Cthulhu, you actually have myriad realities that are I I like a lot of what I am doing in particular with um. Uh, Delta Green is based on uh, a series of novels that were written, and I swear to God, I want to fucking punch myself in the face because I can't remember her last name. Uh, the the person that writes them, and uh, it's anyway. She has she has a couple of great books. They have a couple of great books. Uh, one is called Agents of Dreamland. It's a novella. I highly recommend this fucking novella if you uh if you are interested in uh contemporary mythos at all and then they have another novel called um black helicopters and that one's not as good as agents of dreamland agents of dreamland is just absolutely top shelf uh chthonic mythos material and richard's done me a solid he's got the he's, K- caitlin r kiernan i knew it was i knew it was 
it's close to that, but I didn't want to didn't want to mangle it. Caitlin Kiernan, you gotta check out Agents of Dreamland. I I don't I don't I don't see I don't see I don't see why in a Cthulhu book you can't have uh, the competing realities of different Cthonic monsters that are all sort of vying for material reality. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that's uh, Call of Cthulhu could do the same thing as Delta Green, and it's the same system. They're the the D one hundred system. Oh yeah, they, they have the same sanity. They have basically the same systems. It's Call of Cthulhu. The conceit of the two diverges from one, and you can do the same thing in in Call of Cthulhu. You could have them be government agents, but the conceit of Call of Cthulhu is based on the classic like like uh, Victorian adventurers kind of model, right? right. Where you're out in the world doing things mm-hmm. and then you encounter the mythos mm-hmm. and then and then that it leads you down further and further into this darker and darker place where that just it's just the conceit is really the difference and i mm-hmm. prefer the conceit of we are working we are a conspiracy that is working towards trying to deal with this reality that we as we understand it and I just like that. It, it there's that's really the only you know you can I sh- you could play any of the adventures we played in Call of Cthulhu, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. you know we could all be the same characters. Like there's not a whole lot of difference. You just have to have a very structured character creation, right? You have to kind of mold it in a certain way, yeah. and that's kind of what Fall Delta Green is. But- he almost said Fall Delta Green again. Anyways. <laughs> I will say that there is one thing I don't like about Delta Green uh, that kind of bums me out. And I thought I'd like it more on the front end, but now that we're playing, I'm not liking it as much as I thought I would. And it's this idea that it has um, the, the de- there's a downtime mechanic that takes place between missions, and it's kind of hand-wavy and procedural a little bit. It and what it does is it is it kind of gives you this opportunity to have a lot of time between missions and that time passes and the characters kind of go through their own shit in that time but it doesn't leave a lot of time for role playing because a on one hand it means that the characters don't have to live in the same city they just get activated by their handler and then they go to wherever the mission is supposed to be and then they do it and then they break apart again um, so the characters don't really have an opportunity to interact on their own, right? And because of that, it means that when you're doing the downtime session, uh, you're doing these little mini vignettes with people. And when you're doing a mini vignette with one person, that means there's three or four other people who are just sitting there. And that doesn't feel great sometimes, especially when you're trying to like do kind of a slow burn, kind of like build horror and stuff. And... Um, I I I haven't found a way to make it compelling yet. Well, I I think you I think you have to some extent. You just not maybe compelling to you. Yeah, like, maybe because like at least with like some of the stuff that's going on with Adam's character is interesting. That you know, there's the the guy spying on him and the weird mole mole rats and stuff like, but like. Actually, hilariously, I've basically missed two downtimes in the amount of time in the two arcs. Like, nice. I just basically missed them completely. So, Good job. like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how that. I mean, anyways, uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I think it's interesting. I think giving it that personal horror thing help is helpful, but like, I can understand how it's difficult yeah. to to get that across. Yeah, and like. I would say that there should be something that kind of encourages as time goes on as like things get weirder and weirder that characters start to like clump up together because that's what we kind of did with uh, the one character that went insane quote unquote yeah Uh, was like he called my character and I went and like talked him down slightly from the ledge and then uh, got him into a yoga retreat and instead of telling on him <laughs> that he has been like captured 
I basically told him, no, 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 he's just sidelined for now. Because other, I know precisely what would have happened to him is he would have had a bullet to, he would have a 50 caliber retirement plan. <laughs> so like, I, I didn't want, you know, that was me, my character balancing the good and evil of what he's doing. But also like, you know, it's, it's like, he's a, also he's a valuable resource to me. So like, why, you know, like, why would I not want to help him? You know, it's, it's really my hope with that game that what you're saying is true. And that once the characters feel like they're starting to sink their teeth into a meta plot that is about what's going on with them, which has been seeded, and I'm a slow burn GM, so it takes a long time for sometimes these things to blossom and really grow. But the, the people will start making up their own missions, and mm. the, they will reach out to their fellow agents, and they'll be like, yeah, I know we're not supposed to talk to each other and stuff, but I need you to go with me on this off-the-off-the-books mission. So <laughs> Right, like Heiligman's thing in montreal right yeah yeah like i really was i i was uh i was a little bit bummed in the last downtime when he didn't seem more interested in pursuing that on his own so then by the end of that downtime i was kind of like forcing it i'm like all right no you're gonna do it (laughs) i wrote a bunch of shit for you i wrote wrote a fucking hook and it seemed like you were on the hook and now you're pretending like you're not right the hook's back, bitch. Okay, well, fucking, you know, fucking sometimes you it. gotta throw the hook in. Sometimes you gotta jam the hook into their fucking gills and rip them along. No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't recommend that. But, like, sometimes you do need to light a little bit of a fire. Honestly, because you, you have reminded me, during the the last year between Ravenloft and Delta Green, I did try and run the One Ring. Oh, I, yeah, right. I, I oh, ran yeah, yeah. the One Ring, and I ran it for my Dungeon Punks friends, and it just completely fell apart, like, in, like, seconds. I think we did one session. I think we did literally, like, one session. Well, what what was the... What kind of, like, precipitated it not working for it, you guys? It, it didn't work for, like... Um, it, it was basically... Uh, what about that? There we go. Okay, we're can back. You <laughs> can you hear me? All right. All right. So, anyway, what were we saying? We were talking about one ring. Oh is what we were talking God. about. We we're talking about one what ring. The shit! What the hell? What the hell, man? What have I done? All right. All right. Yeah. So, um, it was kind of like your game of one <laughs> ring when the entire audio s- support stuff fell off the off it, the table. There's a big nest of wires, and I and I kicked it. <laughs> it pulled everything down. And All there right. was even some foreshadowing earlier when you put your foot on your XLR cable and kind of dragged it forward a little oh, bit. Nice, so so nice. it was it was I was oh, watching a whole drama great. happen. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, no, uh the, the that that game fell apart for completely social reasons based on just like where people were psychologically as COVID was clearing up. And it was basically the group that we had gotten through COVID with playing esoteric enterprises just like all the time. And we, I thought we had, I, I, I had such a blast playing esoteric enterprises with those guys. I think I have some really fond memories of it in, you know, in the way that, you know, like I hold it close to my heart in the way that I do some of my old vampire campaigns and stuff. It was just like really fun game with really fun people. Um, and then I was like, well, let's relive the magic with the one ring. And, um, everybody was just like, oh, I got, uh, I'm going out of town and, oh, I've, the kids got a basketball game and, oh, I'm going to be late that day. And the group, the group just like, seriously, we had one character creation session and then we had one session where we played and then it was over. Um, cause we just couldn't get, we just couldn't get on the same page again. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the you know, role playing it as a, as an adult, like, you know, but there is like, I, I, sometimes I feel like there's like, okay, if you got other stuff to do, 
you know, schedule around it or you're not in, you're not into it enough to schedule around it right well no that, that so I'm just blowing it out yeah that is 100% i mean that that is the thing is you have to you have to prioritize your life and it, and just kind of like post covid like right when people you know the the vaccination shit kind of kicked in and on the news people were kind of like celebrating oh it's over <laughs> I, guess, I, I guess it's over i don't know it's probably it'll never really be over which means i guess it's over um and I, and I think some of the novelty of kind of like going out to restaurants and doing interstate travel and stuff again has started kind of wearing off so that people are able to have the attention span for sitting in a room with their friends and describing fucking elves and whatever again. Um, but in the time that we did play uh, The One Ring, I did have the opportunity to run because that has a built-in downtime mechanic that is completely procedural. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, did I hate it. It was just like, it was just such a fucking pisser where it was like, um, <clears throat> you're supposed to go on like a little, a little quest. And then after the quest is over, it's just like, Oh, I guess like a, like seasons pass and a bunch of stuff happens and mm. it's all just basically like you kind of like I mean really on some level now that I'm thinking about it that entire game was based on like kind of like rolling on tables to tell people like what the outcome of their like tracking role was or what their finding a path role was and stuff and it just it just was like in terms of the being the GM and like describing things and asking them to then interact with what I had described, the game kept taking those opportunities away from me in a way that like by the end of it, I, I deeply resented. Yeah. And, and it's like doing, I'm reading uh scum and villainy right now. Cause I'm going to run it for uh, my friends here this week. Nice. And so we'll, we'll, I'll talk all about it in not hack the planet. Not hack the planet. You're you're, you're choosing to go with scum and villainy. Well, no, that's the 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 people spoke. I I I. I oh, this is the voting thing. There you was were a poll, about. right? And uh, scum and villainy won, and then uh, but also people were super. It was like neck and neck with Fink's uh, Dawn Command. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I listened to your episode about this Phoenix Dawn Command ep- game, and I th- I was like. That is the most perverse name for that game. It just—it just, it just sounds like it's, it's about like Gundams or something. Well, it, but it's even worse than that because there's the game called Phoenix Command, that's basically a gun porn game from the eighties, early nineties. Wow. So, and this this was brought up in the in the Discord, and basically, uh, uh, shout out Mike from uh, Darker Days. He's like, he, we're going to do a bonus episode where we trash, I mean, uh, uh, talk about Phoenix <laughs> Command. Uh, spoiler alert, I guess. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk about Phoenix Phoenix Command after we talk about Phoenix, Phoenix Dawn, Dawn Command. Right. Which is different. Which is and different. And it's not about Gundams. There's no there's, Voltrons. There's no Voltrons. There's, there's, it's basically kind of like the cyclic, the hero reborn thing yeah, where I mean, it's like. It sounds cool. And I'm just like, why in the name of God would you name that Phoenix Dawn Command? I, I the only thing I can think of is it's because of Final Fantasy, oh. because the Phoenix Down, it is the resurrection item in Final Fantasy, and somebody thought they'd be clever and call their game Phoenix Phoenix Dawn Dawn Command rather than Down because Fe- Down meaning like the. F- the Fe- feathers, the f- a feather the of a feathers of the phoenix is a resurrect. Is a resurrect, and but then they were like, "Well, it should be a dawn, right?" Because it's one letter different, right? It's one letter different. That's very it, dumb. It, it's it's well. Wait till you the box. I'll have to bring the box next time I come over for role playing. Because you have it, I have it because oh I, we we spent our uh, Patreon money buying a couple of these for for Kayla and I so we could read it as well. What the shit? Because we gotta we gotta read this oh thing before you know. Is it, he said it was real thick. It's it's literally like eight <laughs> pounds. The box is like eight pounds. Is it like tokeny and cardy? It, there's cards. Oh fucking lame. I'm I sorry. That is so fucking but the lame. Book, but the book, if the cards don't weigh that much, the book is like. <laughs> 
like an inch thick. Yeah, it's it's like it's like ridiculous. Perfect. So I don't I don't understand it at all. But I'm going to get into it. Nolan's probably going to run it over the next week, and then we're we're we'll uh, we'll talk about it after. Uh, and Skelly when your Roll. character dies, this is my question because it sounds like. Because it's like, oh, it's cyclic heroes or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, it sounds like your character dies and then your character might come back later as being born again? Gets, or is it you just pop back up like a jack-in-the-box? I don't know yet, but I think you get reborn. You better get reborn. I think if you don't it, I think get it's reborn, like, then... Because there's actually some cool play opportunities if you get reborn. Yeah. But if you just are like, oh, no, I'm fine. No. no I know that my head got cut off, but now I grow a new head. Then fuck that. That's so super, super I think, dumb. I think it's just the the uh, that you get reborn. And there's like that downtime mechanic where there's lots of time between stuff. I think it's supposed to be kind of play in that like epic time scale of the old like Iliad and the old stories where it's like you know this story takes 30 years to complete you know we're gonna have lots of di- yeah and that's cool but I, I, mean, don't, know. I, I don't I don't hate that but I'm gonna I'm gonna read it and find out so all right. Anyway. all right well I look forward to that I look forward to hearing all about that so I there's like some kind of question or something well so this is a, a new team inner team member innovation Ooh. Of it's called the last question. The last question. And uh, I asked the patrons to ask a bunch of random questions. Oh yeah. And then we're going to roll a d twenty on the chart of questions, as is traditional with role playing, Mm. to uh, see what question you ask. So if you go ahead and roll your proffered uh, d twenty here, an emerald d twenty, yeah, I'm rolling it right now. Boom. Fourteen, lucky fourteen. All right, okay. So this is uh, Morden Crimson wrote most of this because oh, he, okay, great. Love that he, guy. He he is uh, pro- prolific, uh, but there's some other people that I also love that contribute. guy. He's 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 an amazing chat on the uh, on the Discord. Uh, what's the most important item, important piece of prep you do before a game? Me personally, yeah, you. Um, the most important piece of prep I do before a game, and it's absolutely critical is I write down a, a huge list of names that I can use and to generate NPCs on the fly. And I also, the kind of corollary to this is I have a second column that has names of places that might be in the game. Like, especially with, for instance, Delta Green, where the players are changing location a lot. I part of my prep has to be to um, research where they're going to be, and like find the name of the airport and find out if there's like a subway or if there's a elevated train in that city. So YouTube is really good for this. I just learned this recently. People like there's this whole genre of um, videos where it's just like. Like kind of like knuckleheads that like just get paid, I guess, to like travel around and like show you their travels, and they, and they but they show you a bunch of touristy shit, but you can get a really good idea of what another city looks like by just watching these little YouTube videos by like twenty year old kids going like, "Hey, I'm in fucking Budapest. Check it out. This is what Budapest looks like," and it's way better than google's image searching because that's just all tourist bureau pictures and it won't actually show you what the city looks like because it's also um curated if you watch these videos you can get a sense of what things look like you can write down a bunch of names of like the airport what some fucking restaurants are called this kind of shit and then i always just uh i I just go into a name generator and i generate a list of male um sir uh, male, male male first names female first names and then surnames for the area and i don't match them at all i just make columns so that i can just crisscross through them on the fly when i need to yeah that that's that's super important i i yeah. often when i'm going to conventions and stuff i definitely do that kind mm-hmm. of prep mm-hmm. and, uh but usually for me it's like uh 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 building whatever uh whatever a dashboard i need for this game because i don't have it loaded in my head because the because mm. I, I, I having time to load a game into my head is mm-hmm, is, is mm-hmm, somewhat difficult mm-hmm. that's the reason that we're gonna do whole episodes about these games and then just uh, just talking about them off the cuff is like i need time to load this thing into my head because i you know have to re you know reread through this thing so see, see i spend like a lot of time like 
thinking about plots and how the plots are going to intersect and create storylines for characters and for the group as a whole. And I do that in my off time. But then right before the game begins, I will often realize that I didn't name any of the NPCs. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. It'll just yeah. be this NPC guy who'll be like, he has a mohawk, right? It's it's, it's evil mohawk guy. And then, <laughs> Clearly the bad guy is evil mohawk guy right, in every game. Right. And, and, and then I'll be like, and then I'll, I, I, sometimes when I'm not, fully paying attention to what it is I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm like just getting into into it. I'll like literally be describing what the character looks like. I don't even know the character's name yet. So I have to keep those lists of names on hand to just curb my own spontaneity. Well, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's two great tips. Those two great preps for you, uh, for you that those videos of cities, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Cause I, that, that's amazing. Cause I definitely was watching some stupid videos of even uh, Arizona. Cause I was like, Oh, I need to look at the, it came up on my algorithm. And it's like, Oh, dumb places. You've never been in Arizona. Mm. And like, I was like, this just dude just had a three, a uh, a uh, uh, 3d camera on top of his truck. And you just drove around the little towns, mm-hmm. so you kind of get really get a sense of what that town was looking like. So it's an embarrassment of riches. The yeah. times in which we live. I remember when I was a kid and I was wanting to run like Al Qadim, mm-hmm. and I literally went to my fucking local library with a pocket full of quarters, and I would get books about like the Mediterranean, and I would just photocopy black and white images of the architecture so that I could have it in a little folio behind the screen. I could describe off of the picture what it was I was seeing, right? And now we have all this other shit. We just have, we have, like, like, like that, that method, which still works, by the way, is so rudimentary compared to the things we have at our disposal, where you can literally just be like, oh, here's some, this is what my hotel looks like in fucking Paris. You know right. what I'm saying? Instantaneous information is, is the, 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 <laughs> Uh, world we live in but uh i mean thanks for coming back on the show anytime literally uh is there uh, anything else you want to you want to plug something you you coming up or you want to talk about well, that or not i do have i do have some releases coming up i do have some hot drops um the thing is is that i think this show is going to come out way before oh yeah no, all it's my like this week <laughs> yeah so um i'm not really gonna be dropping shit for another uh like month or something uh, Adepticon is coming up here next week and uh, like a big rock kind of like moving through I don't know smaller rocks or something it's like disrupting it's disrupting everything so um, once I have Adepticon out of the way and I can kind of like finish a couple of projects I'm working on I have uh, I'm, I have a, I have a new podcast it's in the works sick I have a new pro- podcast in the works uh, a couple episodes recorded and um, I have a new a new role playing game. I have my, my my third role playing game that I have written, Richard. And and I've read the first beta, so yeah. It, yeah. it looks pretty. It looks pretty great. And we're gonna read the second beta when I <laughs> when I get a chance. <laughs> you know, don't even look. Don't even look at it right now because I'm gonna do a bunch of. I have a bunch of flying I have to do here in the next couple of weeks. I'm gonna be spending a bunch of time in airports. Right, and- airports and uh, in the terrible cattle car seating. Mm-hmm. Hunched over a laptop, dude. I get so much done when I fly. Seriously, but, but sort of like your, sort of like when your wife walks through while we're playing Delta Green. <laughs> uh, it's going to be some interesting stuff if somebody reads your screen. Anyways, uh, thanks patrons for uh, supplying uh, the the energy that makes this happen. Uh, we've had some uh, some downturn on that, so we'll. Uh, We'll, uh, you so know. step your game up, patrons. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, Brendan's Brendan's back. Maybe you can all come back again after. <laughs> yeah, geez, geez, I'll, I'm very disappointed in you guys. You need to empty. You need to wring out your pockets for Richard here. Come on, man. Uh, he, he he only got two copies of Phoenix Dawn Command. What about three? What about the third person who didn't get one? We well, already had it. That but tiny, that's... <laughs> that, like Tiny Tim, just like sitting in the corner. <laughs> 
like Phoenix Dawn Command free? Fuck. Yeah. Dude. Well, we're, 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 I'm probably going to give that away after I read it, but that's it's it's all good. That's you're going to love promotion. Phoenix Dawn Command so much, you're never going to stop. Uh, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to run nothing but Phoenix Dawn Command from now on. Like you. put Cyberwork on the on the shelf and play. C- you're going to be Phoenix Dawn Command Richard. That's going to be your that's going to be your new name, Phoenix Dawn Command Kinda Richard. Like Saga Brendan and Sam Brendan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That doesn't have the same ring to it. Too many uh, syllables. Yeah, but like you know. If you if you got you have any questions or want uh, want to say something back to this episode, come on the Discord. Uh, fullmetalrpg.com is a link tree to all the places you can get at me, or email me at uh, fullmetalrpgbiz uh, at gmail.com. And uh, we're on YouTube, but not this episode. Not so. this episode. I'm too, it's, I'm too it's ugly. Probably, I just washed my hair. It's probably going to be on the on there as just a blank script, black oh, okay. with the logo. But okay. that's, you know, that's where it's at. So this has been fun. It's been I, great. I, I, I love recording a person, no matter how interesting this audio is going to turn oh, out to be. Yeah, this is going to be fun. This will be fun to edit. And thanks for having me on. It's been great. Uh, it's been great being on the show. And I'm really happy to uh, to be here with the Full Mill RPG family. So um, I hope you guys are all doing well. I miss you. I love you. Have a good night. Rah! Rah!